0: We're going to talk about a generous church today, and uh, I have, uh, we've been in this series called 5G, Um, what is a next generation of disciple look like, and so uh, I just want to recap, if you're visiting with us for the first time, this is our fifth week of seven weeks, you came at a great time, because we're going to have our commitment week next week, and our celebration week the week after, and um, so it's, it's an awesome thing, I'm glad you came today. Um, five G's, right? What does it look like to go to the next level? And so we said, well, here's five G's. Uh, We want to be a glorifying church. We want to be a growing church. We want to be a grateful church. We want to be a gracious church. That was last week, right? That's a tough one. It's a tough one for me, for sure. But uh, hopefully we could be more and more gracious. And then today we want to be a generous church, Okay. Now, I just want to say this off the bat. Uh, Kendall was nice enough to text me and, and, and say he was praying for me this morning. How you handle this topic is important. And um, Generosity isn't just about money, right? Like I think everybody's like, oh, generous. You just want more of my money. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Generous is it's a mentality. I want you to write this down on your paper, abundance mentality. I learned this from one of my mentors. His name is Ken Rudolph. And uh, I learned this thing called abundance mentality. Because you can look at your checkbook and you can be like, we don't have enough. And if you look at it that way, it'll never be enough. Or you can look at your checkbook, your savings account, and you can be like, man, look at how much God gave us. We'd like to bless somebody else. And if you have that abundance mentality, everything changes. Abundance mentality. I want you to live with abundance mentality walking out of this sermon and out of this series. So, um, the 5G's on the screen, can you see them? Good. Okay. So here's the here's the thing. Take this card. Anybody got this card? Have you guys been carrying it around, or you just leave it at home? Who leaves it at home? All right. Great. Who carries it around? Yeah, man. You and me. All right. If you do not have one of these at home, if you will not be carrying one out with you, we'd love for you to have one. Even if you're a guest no commitment to give. That's not the point. We just want you to know what we're talking about. So if you don't have one of these yet, we're asking you to raise your hand. We're going to get one of these in your hand, okay, right now. So go ahead. Usher's are ready. Everybody just raise your hand if you don't have one of these. Again, this isn't about taking your money. It's not about how much can you give. It's none of that. I just, as I explain this opportunity, I want you to see it and know what we're talking about. So I could say a lot of things about what's coming next, and how it's going to go. And uh, we've been talking about it. We introduced this opportunity to give. We, we introduced this opportunity of land. Um, we've introduced the commitment card. We've asked you to be praying over these. Hopefully you've been doing that. I know we've been doing that at our house, uh, but more to come. This week is kind of like the ramp up week where we got to talk to our kids about it. And we got to get it all done. Um, but all I have to say, I could say a lot of things, but I, I'm just going to do this. We put a video together for you. Watch this video.
1: Hey Harvest, I am standing on the land that we have entered into a purchase agreement for. It's right off of 37th Street, right here on Penny Lane. You can see it behind me. 8.8 8.8 acres of land that we are purchasing for our future church home. We're so excited. We can't wait to see all that God's going to do with this land, how he's going to grow our faith through this 5G opportunity as well. And we just wanted to give you a picture of it. So we're really excited about this. The prime location is right here in the Northeast, uh, where we're currently meeting at Kellogg. It's just a stone's throw away from us. We're close to the office. It's right in where God has been doing all of his work for the past seven years, and we couldn't be more excited. So we would love to just invite you to come check it out. Come drive down this road, come stand around, pray on this land, ask God to do what only he can do as we step forward in faith with this opportunity. So we're so excited. We can't wait to see what's going to happen. This is our land.
0: You can clap for that, great work. Um, you can see all those houses that just went in there. People are gonna be moving in, people that need to hear the gospel. And we're really excited for the opportunity to, to have a piece of land. Now, this is in God's hands. Can we just say that right off the bat? Like, this, just, this, let's just put it where it is. This is in God's hands. Um, this piece of property is a cool piece of property. If you're at High V on 37th Street and you take a right and go towards Shopco North, Go east there. Um, you're going to, when you come across the bridge, you're going to see a piece of property. And, and that's the piece of property that has been generously given to us at, at about a, well, let's just say a million dollar discount. And we're really grateful for uh, the opportunity that we have in front of us. Now, whether or not we're able to close on that by the end of the year, I mean, that's not like, oh, church shuts down because we didn't. You know, that's, I just don't want to make it bigger than it is. But I do want to say we have an awesome opportunity this explains how we're gonna give to it, okay? There's a video online. You can go online and watch too. Brent sent it out if you're in our email. He sent it out on Friday. Um, all of the information be there. If you don't have the information, just contact the leaders of the church, your small group leader and ask for it. Um, we're grateful for the opportunity. We wanna maximize the opportunity to be generous, right? So this is a great opportunity to test our generosity. Um, let's, uh, let's get into the word of God. Um, Ah, before we do that, i got to say one more thing. So, you know, you prepare a message, you get it all kind of like prettied up, and you're like, this is what I'm going to say, and then life happens, right? And this week, uh, Kristen Murphy, who used to work for us, her dad passed from pancreatic cancer. What an evil disease, right? And uh, so I was at a funeral, awake on uh, Friday night, and a funeral on uh, Saturday morning, and in the midst of that, Kendall and Andy and their family, uh, his sister got hit by a car. Could happen to any of us. Got hit by a car. Died immediately, right? But that's not the end of the story. Because of where she got hit, so close to Mayo Clinic, St. Mary's, because of who she was, a believer in Jesus Christ who said, I want to donate my organs, right? a lot of people are going to receive a generous gift because of this accident, right? Because of just a simple accident. And so when God, when God allows something hard into our lives, how will we respond, right? And as a pastor, I'm watching. We're watching each other to see how we're going to respond. We don't always respond perfectly, right? I'm sure there's times of, of great sorrow in, in the midst of all this. But as I was a, up at the hospital Yesterday, talking about this and, and seeing all that's going to happen and how many people are going to be blessed with another opportunity to live life and hopefully to see Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because of this accident. I was just overcome by how the family's handling it. And we were in the hallway talking about something and uh, and automatically came up like the person that hit her. Like, I wish we, it was like, I wish we could tell that person we love them we're not angry, we're we're nothing but grace. We know that God was in control in all this and they shouldn't feel bad. And I just thought, how generous, right? That's really what it is. Because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you're seeing life from eternal perspective, you're now choosing to be generous. Generous means to not be stingy, to not hoard, to not hold on to things like, it's mine, you know? It means to be free with it. It's God's daughter. And if he chooses to take her home to heaven, I'm not gonna argue with the Lord. And if he chooses to use those organs to bless other people with more time to receive Jesus Christ, I'm not gonna argue with this plan. I don't like it, <laughs> but, I, but I'm gonna submit, right, to the Lord, to his plan, and that doesn't make the pain of sin any any, you know. It doesn't soften it. It doesn't make it go away. It just means we have hope. We have hope. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for walking through this trial. As we look on, it's a really big deal. And uh, hopefully, lots of people will receive Jesus Christ because of the generosity of your daughter, of your sister. So, hey, let's pray. Father God, uh, come with heavy hearts, death is real, (laughs) but we come with an eternal perspective. You're in control. (laughs) We submit to you. And God, if we can apply that to our heart and our life, then in regards to our time, our talents and our treasure, life's gonna look a lot different. And we wanna be generous. So God help us now to be a generous church. Help us to be a church where we see you flowing out of us and flowing into us again. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to be all over the Bible. Everybody say all all over. That is not normal. Typically, I try to stick in one passage, but we've been doing some of these, what we would call topical, exegetical preaching. And so we're getting it from several different places. And so we're going to start in Ephesians 5. This message is titled, A Generous Church. It's not just about money. It's about so much more than that. You can show generosity in so many ways, but you will not show generosity without this. A church where... Because we're filled, right? Because we're filled, we can pour out generosity. I didn't put that in the notes, so you're going to have to write that down. I'll say it again. A church where, because we're filled, you say filled with what? Filled with lots of things. Filled with hope. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with whatever God gives us to be filled with. Filled. Are you filled? To pour out, to flow out generosity. If you feel full, you'll probably pour out something on other people. If you feel empty, you'll probably say, I don't have enough for me. How could I give any to you? That's the point. A church where, here's the first point, we give our time. We give our time, and then I want you to write this word down, faithfully. You'll see it. We give our time faithfully. Faithfully. A church where we give our time, write it down, faithfully. Okay, Ephesians chapter five, look at verse one. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and, there it is, gave himself. Up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That's generosity. He gave a gift, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Skip down to uh, verse 15, where we see our point. Look carefully then how you walk, because you've received this gift, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Therefore, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You're like, how do I know? Read the scriptures, right? We talked about that last week. If you read the scripture, you're going to know what's wise and what's not wise. You could read Proverbs every day for the rest of your life, and it'd be great. Making the best use of the time, underline that word time, that's the point, because the days are evil. Can I get an amen on that? Are we in an evil day or what? Everybody's hating everybody else. Everybody wants their own thing. They're selfish and whatnot. We're all. I am too. Right? Go ahead. Tell your neighbor. I am too. I am too. I'm selfish. I am. I don't even know the selfishness of my own heart all the time. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled. You're going to see these words, be filled, overflowing, abundance, all over the Bible. I'm going to show them to you. Be filled with the Spirit. It's that filling of the Holy Spirit. It's that filling that causes you to be generous. Addressing one another. So when you're filled, here's what happens. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. I heard you guys today. That's pretty awesome. I was listening. (laughs) To the Lord, with your heart, giving thanks. So because he's giving, now we're giving. Always for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Walk wise, use the time, best use of the time, best use of the time, he says it, be filled with the spirit, give thanks in Jesus. All of these terms. Use your time wisely, be full, right? So when somebody needs something, you'll spill out into them. I think here's the response to that. I'm too busy. Can I get an amen on that? I'm too busy. I don't have any margin in my life. I mean, I'm running from one thing to the other. I was late to like three things yesterday. It was my Sabbath day. You shouldn't be late to anything on your Sabbath day. That's crazy. I'm too busy. I think that's the reply that kind of comes back when we talk about, well, Use your time, be filled. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I got too much going on. Let me say this, okay? God gave me this. Show me in the Bible, or from God's word, where it says God commands you to be busy. He doesn't command you to be busy. That's a wicked lie of the world that you need to keep up, that that smartphone somehow makes you smarter. No, it just makes you busier, right? Right? So just be aware of that. Let's not be too busy to do the work of the Lord. Let's not be too busy to look at this envelope this week. Let's not be too busy to go online and say, what is that opportunity about? I want to be a part of that. Let's not be too busy, okay, to like give our time. Here's some tangible ways. I think there's an election this week. It might be worth your time to get on your knees and pray That God does a revival in our country this election, and then actually be part of the revival by walking to where they're asking you to vote and voting. That's worth the time. I give you that for consideration. Here's five reasons why we should give our time generously. Here's five reasons, okay? Put them up on the screen. Number one life is short. You only have so much time. It's only God's time. (laughs) Life is short. Number two, eternity is in the balance, right? Eternity's coming. The decisions you make, they're they're happening, right? And eternity's coming. Life is short. Eternity's in the balance. Life or death, in the balance, even as you vote this, this time. Three, God owns it all. It's all his. He's in control of every situation. Would you just simply submit to him? I think that, that, that last part there in that verse is like submitting to one another, reverence to God. Like submitting to one another because we submit to God in reverence, right? We're submitting to him. Number four, people are watching. I got this from a movie I went to on Friday night. Indivisible, who's seen it? Anybody? Wow, just me and you, Wes. Anybody else? Wow, you got to support some faith-based films. I mean, I'm not a f- favor of a lot of movies, but like, it really helped my wife and I. And uh, you know, you know, marriage is hard, and so on and so forth. And uh, you just go see the movie, Indivisible, okay? But there's a part in the movie where this—I'm going to get the name wrong—Sergeant, Lieutenant, whatever—hands this picture to the chaplain, and she says, "I was watching you." And that's why I am with Christ, because I was watching you, and I lost it. Because that's the reality. As a pastor, as a leader in the church, as, as people in small group, you're thinking, man, what difference do I make? What's really happening anyway? I'll tell you what's happening. People are watching you. People are watching you respond to life as it happens to you, and they wanna see if your faith is real. They want to see if you really believe God's eternal. They want to see if you really believe God's in control and that He loves you with all He has. People are watching. So, how you use your time, treasure, and talents, it reflects your true priorities, reflects what you really think. This last one to take advantage of every opportunity. So, we have such a great opportunity with the land, right? That's awesome will we take advantage of it? That's up to us, right? God gives us opportunity. It's what we do with it. We have a, a free will too, right? God's sovereign, but we also have a free will. They have to collide. So God gave us an opportunity for this land. Maybe you take some time this week and you pray over that. What am I gonna give? Maybe you go out there and you, and you go to the land and you pray, God is this your land. <laughs> and uh, if it is, then give it to us. More about that in a second. Here, here, I want to wrap this point up this way. We don't celebrate enough, eh? Anybody in favor of that? Let's have a party on the 18th, all right? I don't care how much money comes in next week. Let's just have a party because we don't celebrate enough. I mean, I really, I'm serious about that. I'm kind of like, what's next? What's next? What's next, guy? Like, there's always another care, There's always another thing. And as a church, we need to celebrate more. So let me just take a couple of minutes to celebrate a few people, Okay. Everyone who went to Vertical Church Conference and got filled up, went to learn and get filled up, may I just celebrate you. Taking all that time, all that money, you know, what a generous thing for you to do for our church to go get filled up. I know there's probably a twinge of like selfishness in it. I get to hear Matt Chandler and Ravi Zachariah. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. But then there's also the like, man, I want to be healthier because that means our church is healthier. Our worship and production team is ridiculous. I mean, they get here every, yeah, you can clap for them. They get here every morning, right? I'm looking at the setup guys right here, sitting in the front row. Well done. If you come early, you get prime seating. And uh, I'm just telling you, like, and the people that come week in, week out, set up the church, make sure it happens, make sure this is all, I mean, it didn't look like this at five o'clock this morning. You know? And uh, it's, I'm so grateful for them. And we need to celebrate what people are doing. We need to celebrate how people are using their gifts. They're using their gifts of music, singing to, to lead us. It's just great. Um, anybody been in kids ministry for seven years? I was trying to think of who has been serving in kids ministry for seven years. Anybody? Since we launched, you've been serving in kids ministry. Come on, stand up. If that's you, stand up. Seriously. Anybody? Oh, my family. Yeah, Great. He's like, they're all like, what? Anybody else? Seriously, I'm not trying to glorify my family. What's that? The Rollins? The Rollins? Bam. Dude, come on. You guys are back. Hey. But I'm, I'm telling you, I was trying to think of somebody, but, you know, even if you came and you're three and you've been serving for five years, like, I celebrate. You know how hard it is to work in kids? Who knows how hard it is to work in kids? All right, great. Thank you for doing it. Those little rugrats, man. I mean, I was such a pistol. I meet people uh, that poured into me, my Sunday school teacher from second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. She kept with me (laughs) and her husband too. Like they were at that movie too and we were talking about it. And they're like, man, I mean, look what God did in your life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look what he did. It's just so cool. We don't know who's in our children's ministry who's gonna be like, if you're there pouring into them, well done. Like we need to celebrate people that are using their gifts to bring God glory and to disciple our kiddos. Um, Ed Goal, I'm not, I'm not gonna kid you now. Like this guy's here before I get here every Sunday morning and he leaves after I leave every Sunday morning and I might even get paid to do this. Like he's not even getting paid, right? I mean, it's not about the money. And I love that about him, about our elders, about our deacons. They're like, they're all in. Our building team, we wouldn't have this opportunity if it wasn't for our building team doing all the legwork, all the hard work. No, not that, no, not that. No, God's not in that. Oh, this one, yes, this one. Like the building team did such a great job. You gotta celebrate the wins. Um, I could go on and on and on and on. I'm thinking of a couple other individuals, but I don't wanna get too particular um, I'm grateful that you would use your time to make disciples for God's glory. And I wanna say that that's a generous thing to do. Go get filled up in your morning time with God. Stay filled up by praying without ceasing, okay? Go back to the word of God, memorize it, quote it to yourself throughout the day so that you're full. So that if anybody's in need, you can pour out at a moment's notice. That's generosity, not just with our time, but also with our God-given gifts, or talents. So um, flip over to uh, Exodus chapter 34. We were there last week, right? Okay, great. Exodus. Um, flip back to chapter 31. I got you chapter 34 because I thought it would be familiar to you from last week. Flip back to 31. If you have a pen, write this down. Chapter 35 and 36, you need to read it. It'll explain this point more, but I'm just going to take it right here from chapter 31. The Lord used Moses, verse 1, verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him. Do you see it there? What is that word? Filled. God's filled him to be generous, okay? I have filled them with the spirit of God with ability and intelligence and with knowledge of all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones and setting and carving wood. This guy's amazing. To work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, I'm slaughtering this stuff, the son of Ishmael, Sounds like Big Mac, but not <laughs> of the tribe of Dan. That was easy, and I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. In chapter thirty-five. I just—you should read that this week, right? Just—I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say that you should read that this week. I'll just give you the highlights. He says, take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of generous heart, let him bring the Lord a contribution, gold, silver, and bronze. He says in verse 10, let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. He says in verse 20, then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of the meeting. And this has some like uh, real bearing on so- what we're doing right now, right? God's like, hey, the piece of land. We're like, okay. God's like, hey, you all got to bring in the money. Like, you know that, right? Like, you all like need to go home, get your stuff and bring it to the church so that we can do this, Right? And it was like, what? I thought you were just gonna give it to us, God. See, I had this big notion that God was just gonna give us something. And I started reading the scripture. I was like, God always uses people to get his will done. So he's gonna use us. I'm like, no, God, no, 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 no. We're not a wealthy church. We're just gonna need you to do it for us. Like, could you just be our sugar daddy? You know, like, could you just like give us everything we need? And he's like, Steve, really? Like, for serious now. Like, you just want me to do it? so that you don't get all the growth of having to go home and like figure out what's up and like bringing it all that you, you don't wanna, you don't want the unity that comes with that. You don't want the sacrifice that comes with that. No, God, this would be a lot easier. He's like, no, it's not about what's easiest. It's about what's best. And God has clearly said, this is what's best at this time for our church. I don't wanna submit to him that way. You flip over though. the next page. The leaders brought a certain gift. All the men and the women. um, Verse 29. The people of Israel whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work of the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. We're not gonna twist your arm. We're not gonna, like we're just giving you an opportunity. Take this home, pray, bring back whatever you want. That's it. It's a free will offering. This is not a tithe. Tie this 10%. That's what God deserves. We give it to him every week. That's it. This is an offering. And uh, so much more here. He talks about Beziel and Ohio, Ohio, Holy Lib, whatever that guy's name is. I can't ever say it right. And he says this. Everyone whose heart stirred him, in chapter 36, verse 2, to come to do the work. And then just right under that, they still kept bringing the free will offering every morning. And then he's like, Stop! Stop bringing stuff. We have all we need. Can you just imagine this in our church? If by the end of the year, by December 31, we're like, we have a million four, you can stop now. That's what happened. Now I realized they had a lot more people than we do. But same God. Same God, right? And so, as we consider this opportunity, I think I just get stoked by hearing the stories of the Scripture, how these people were using their talents, their time, and their treasure. And they were like, we have enough. It's sufficient. We don't need any more. Stop. Stop bringing stuff. Because every morning they were bringing more. I just, I love how God's people work. So, we give our talents fruitfully. We give our talents fruitfully, okay? We give our time faithfully. We give our talents fruitfully. Now, you're like, fruitfully? Sounds like you're a fruit loop, right? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Fruitfully. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm fond of reading scripture, and I've read a lot of it, and when talking about talents, always talked with fruit. Like, we use our gifts, God's given us, We maximize those, parable of the talents, right? Matthew 28, 28, no, Matthew 20, no, 25. Matthew 25, write it down, you can go read it. Matthew 25, parable of the talents. The master gives five, the guy makes it 10. The master gives two, the guy makes it four. The master gives one, the guy buries it in a hole. And he says, you're wicked. You should have stewarded it. You should have maximized it. You should have multiplied it. You should have used it to bear more fruit for my glory. You can read all that later. Uh, Let me just say this. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Okay, so here it is. Each one has received a gift. Did you know that? Turn to your neighbor and say you're gifted. I mean, you really are. Turn to your other neighbor and say you're talented. Nathan, you're talented. Come on now. I knew she wasn't going to tell you. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. Not to serve myself, to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever, amen. That's how we want to be with our gifts. We want to be fruitful. Here's some other passages. i love to have you study the word, not just me. So write them down. Romans 12. You can go study gifts in Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12. You can go study gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And Ephesians 4. And then I said 1 Peter 4, but I already read it for you, right? So those are the other three passages I would go study the gifts. What do you have? What has God gifted you with? He gave you something at the moment of salvation. You need to use it. Let me just say this, it's not gonna matter if we have land or a building if we aren't using our gifts for God's glory. Now, we can walk to another location, but if we aren't serving God with everything he's given us in a generous way, it don't matter where we do church. It doesn't matter if it's shiny, if it's new, if the light's dim, it's oh, whew, that'd be cool. If the people aren't using their talents It doesn't matter. The church, the building, is the people. We're the living stones. When we do the work of the gospel, the work of the ministry, when we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, that's the church God intended. It builds itself up in love. Then this we give our treasure freely. I have so much planned on this point. I mean, it's like so much there, and I can't possibly get it done. So, what do I do? Um, flip over to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, chapter eight. Look at verse 1, chapter 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for in a severe test of affliction. Their abundance, there's a word for you, of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed. There's a good word for you. In a wealth of generosity, generosity overflowed, abundance, On their part, for they gave according to their means, as I have testified, and beyond their means, I guess by faith, of their own accord. They weren't twisted to do it, they just did it because they wanted to. (laughs) What a church, huh? (laughs) I believe that church is like this church. Flip over. I'll give you the fast track. We can't le- read all of chapter eight nine chapter nine, but fast track it to verse six of chapter nine. Chapter nine, verse six. There it is. What does it say? What does it say right there? Chapter nine, verse six. What is the first four words? <laughs> so good. Tell, tell your neighbor, what is it? Here's the point, right? Here's the point. We'll just skip to the end. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. he has distributed freely. That's our point. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I'm going to stop there. I'll preach the rest of it next week. How about that? Here's what you need to know we give our treasure freely. So the Bible says in Luke 6. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's so many verses about this. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. This is probably the most concise verse, so I'll throw it on the screen for you. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give. Like Jesus prompted me, the Holy Spirit prompted me to give this gift and I decide not to do it. And only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Just such a great verse. I want to hang my hat on that. Now, the Bible talks about poor people and it talks about rich people in regards to money. Poor people, a lot in Proverbs. Rich people, I'm just going to give you the verse. I'm not going to read it for you. You're going to go have to search it out for yourself because I've, I've wasted my time somehow. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19. This is what a rich person should do. And then we should be generous with the poor and the needy. Okay, that's what the Bible teaches broadly about generosity and your money. Be, be generous with the poor and needy. If you're rich, go, go read 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Okay, it's right there. Okay, now listen. So that means you have to decide if you're poor or rich. To apply those scriptures, you gotta decide what category am I in? If you think you're poor, you're always gonna be like, give me, right? If you think you're rich, you're gonna be like, ready to share, ready to share, ready to share. Can we have a reality check? Most of us are rich, beyond our means. We might not steward our money just so, so we might have problems at the end of the month making ends meet. But we have more than we could ever think about. So I want to illustrate this for you this way. Um, When I came to town, I was like, really want to make a difference in Rochester, and I never saw panhandlers in Rochester before. Guys on the street corner with signs that said, I'm homeless. And so I was like, that'd be a good way. That wasn't here when I was here before. Now it's here. What's going on? Let's take care of that problem. Rochester will be better. Let's just feed these people. Let's get them a job. Let's whatever. So I used to drive by this guy all the time on the St. Mary's there on the corner there, the the bridge. And so I stopped one day. I determined. I'm away from the rack to the, you know, I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to buy him breakfast. I'm going to see where he's at. I'm going to try to help him with Christ, but I'm going to try to help him with his needs, meet his needs. Long story short, it wasn't the guy that was usually there. God had a plan. I didn't have my wallet with me. God had a plan. It didn't go so well. But God had a plan. I took him to his house. When I backed out of his driveway, I backed into another car. The car was okay. I took him back to the corner. It didn't go well. I feared for my life. I heard words I didn't want to hear. And I asked God why? I think God could be really clear. I did that in the flesh. I wanted to do that. That was my plan. I'll give you an opposite situation. My wife and I came out of Chester's one day, we're walking down First Avenue, Thursdays on First, right? And we're going back to our car, and there was a guy, and I saw him, plain as day. And in my spirit was like, give him money. And I was like, No, you know, I don't usually carry cash, but I had twenty dollars with me, and I was like, No, no, you know. And again, the spirit prompted me, give, give him, give him cash, right? And it, like help him, talk to him. And I was like, no, no, I'm on a date night, right? This is my one time to not be on God. I'm with my wife, right? Pastors how they try to separate things, you know? It's bad, bad stuff. We all live for God twenty-four seven. Right? And I got in the car. I think I said to my wife, I feel like I should have gave that guy something. By that time, he was down the street and around the corner. Or maybe he disappeared. I don't know. He wasn't there anymore. And I regretted it. I didn't follow the Spirit's leading. So in regards to this money thing, check with God, right? Just check with God. If God prompts you to give, give. You'll have more. You'll have enough. It'll always make a difference, right? He'll never leave you, forsake you. He'll never not let you have enough if you follow his will. And if God's not prompting you, don't feel responsible, right? You don't have to give to every person that holds up a sign. You have to give when God tells you to give. That's generosity. We give our treasure freely. It's not ours anyway. He's just using us to Use unrighteous wealth to make friends with people and hopefully lead them to Jesus Christ, which is eternal. So many more things I could say. Let me say this you can't outgive God. You absolutely cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. It won't happen. More on that next week. I need to be done. If you could, I wanted to close with this. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings 17. Go, go check that out this week. Because some of you are sitting here and you're like, you know, it's just a really rough time. I feel like I'm in a drought financially or I feel like I'm in a drought spiritually and you're asking me to be generous, but I can't be because I just don't have anything. I'm not full. And I can't, and I can't do it. And so to that I say this. First um, Kings 17, right? The best way out of a drought is to do what God asks you to do, to be generous. This woman had nothing, right? Just a little oil, just a little flour. I'm gonna go bake it, eat it, and die. And Elijah said to her, wait, wait, wait a second. Before you do that, could you make a little for me and then do what you have planned? And by the way, if you do it that way, if you prioritize God's will above your own, that oil and that flour won't run out until it rains again. He said it to her up front. Now she had a choice at that point, to believe or not to believe. I've preached, I've talked about a lot of things with generosity. You have a choice now. You can believe what I'm saying is true, or you could say, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe God works that way. So it's not about money. It's just not. It's about a heart. Are you full? Can you pour out? So even if you're empty today, and you're like, I got nothing to give. Well, great, then you're at the end of yourself. That's a great time to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Give your life to Jesus. You can do that. That costs nothing. Give your life to Jesus. Say, God, it's not working out for me right now. I don't know what the world's going on, but this is not the way you designed me. Give your life to Jesus and watch him turn it around. Give your loyalty to the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, right? Just, I'm all in here. I'll just be back next Sunday. I don't know. I'm not bringing an envelope, or I'll bring an empty one, but so I can participate. But I'm, I'm just here. I'm just gonna be loyal here. That costs nothing. Maybe a little time, maybe a little energy. You could do it. (laughs) Consider these things. Consider them. It doesn't have to cost you a lot to be generous but God has called us to be generous, okay? That's what a next disciple of Jesus Christ looks like. We look generous. When people see us, they see generosity. That's what we're going for. I think our heart's ready. I'll see you next week with envelope in hand, and we've prepared our hearts to give whatever God calls us to give, and I'm pretty excited to see that opportunity come to fruition. Let's pray. Father, generosity is such a deep well. Um, Giving is such a real thing. You've given so freely to us, and so we want to give so freely to you. We ask, God, that you would meet everybody in every seat to apply this message in however you see fit, that the Holy Spirit now would be speaking, that people would now be listening and that we would build our life by your book on your rock. That we would seek you first, and all these things will be added to us. Jesus, you said it's more blessed to give than to receive. May we believe it as we walk out here. May we be people that are generous in giving because we serve a God who gave himself for us. Thank you for Jesus Christ. It's his name that we pray, amen.